Ryan, bring us the word, brother. Thank you so much, Pastor Locke and Cambria Baptist Church. We're very thankful to be here. We'd love to share with you uh, now a video that hopefully captures in a nutshell about our ministry, what God has called us to do, brought us along where we are, and um, I'll give you a brief update after that, and then looking forward very much to opening the Word of Life here together. So, thank you. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Nearly six and a half centuries ago, a man named John Wycliffe and his associates gave to the English-speaking world the single greatest gift possible from that moment until eternity. They translated the Word of God into their own language so the common man could read, understand, and treasure it up in his heart. Yet, this was the kind purpose and providence of heaven long before our language received it. Down through the ages, even from the very beginning, God has been making himself known to man. And it is in this self-revealing divine love that he continues to call his children to hold forth these words of life to the millions who still wait. We are the Penningtons, Ryan, Amparo, Philip, Andrew, and Matthew. The Lord Jesus is calling us to join him in this amazing work to share the book from heaven with everlasting souls in Southeast Asia. In God's mercy, I was born to Christian parents who obediently shepherded my heart toward him. I trusted him to save me from my sin at an early age. We saw his blessing on my life and gifting in his word. From very young, God used a loving church family and many missionaries in my life to challenge and shape me. As the years with him have come and gone, he continues to grow me specifically in the precise knowledge, understanding, and expression of his truth. In these days, he has focused my preparation on further studies in linguistics, translation, and professional integration with our ministry team. I was born in Colombia, South America, and was raised in a Catholic family. In God's amazing providence, he moved my family to the United States when I was nine. Through the prayers and witness of my Christian mother and other believers that God placed in my path, I came to know Christ as my Savior and Lord at the age of 16. Later, I received Christian training at a Bible college, and it was there that God opened my eyes to His work of world missions. Having surrendered my life to serve the Lord, in His perfect timing, He led me to marry Ryan in 2006, and He has blessed us with three precious boys. Together, we are committed and excited to follow the Lord as Bible translation missionaries. From the beginning of Baptist Men Missions a century ago, pioneering missionary church planners gave years of their lives to put the scriptures into the vernacular of the peoples God had called them to reach. In 1981, 
the mission decided to establish a ministry team, Bibles International, to more effectively meet the need for Bible translation. This Bible society would share the same heart and soul of commitment to Christ and His kingdom through the advance of the local church. This is why Bibles International carries out its ministries only in association with, or as a result of, church planting work. Just think of this. So many of these churches around the world have services, but no Bibles in their hands. Because of this, we have answered His call to be servant representatives of Christ from His churches to His churches, crossing cultures, languages, and the world to deliver His message to His people. Bibles International has 45 active projects in 17 countries and 37 completed New Testaments, Bibles, and Scripture portions. We are working among more than 20 language groups in Asia. But though we have a great team of translators, linguists, and literacy workers, the task is great and the laborers are few. There are still about 870 language groups in Asia with no access to the Word of God. 139 million people of Asia don't have any part of the Bible in their own language. God is leading us to live in Thailand to help translate the Bible in this region of Asia and to have part in making disciples of Jesus. We are so thankful for the way God has prepared us for this ministry with Bibles International in the region of the world least reached by the gospel where billions stand on the precipice of eternity. As a Bible translation consultant, I will train and guide teams of godly, gifted nationals to translate the scriptures into their own mother tongues. We strive by the grace of God to produce a version that will be thoroughly natural and clear to the readers and precisely faithful to the original texts. Through multi-layered examination and cross-checking of the text and translation, the consultant leads the translation team verse by verse through the journey of bringing the scriptures into their language. 200 years ago, a young American couple traveled to the very same part of Asia with the goals of translating the Word of God and seeing at least 100 people turn to Christ. Adoniram and Nancy Judson were faithful to the Lord's call on their lives through great hardship and loss. After 38 years, Adoniram entered his eternal rest, leaving behind the completed Burmese Bible and thousands of children of God in a very dark land. The power of the Word in a faithful, clear translation made the Judson's ministry one of great multiplication. God wonderfully upheld His promises to bless His Word. The nation of Burma, now called Myanmar, has the third largest population of Baptists worldwide, and Adoniram's translation is to this day greatly respected among the believers. Our co-laborers in Myanmar lean much on this version to aid translation work into their own languages. Thailand is a neighboring country of this blessed yet very needy land. Much of our ministry will be with these dear brothers and sisters.
How would God have you hold forth His word to the nations of Southeast Asia? We are all commanded to pray to the Lord for Him to send out laborers in His harvest. Each of us must be a display of God's grace and share the good news. The Holy Spirit directs us through Paul. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? How also will our brothers and sisters be discipled and equipped for life and godliness, for the evangelization and discipleship of their own peoples, unless they have the word of our Father? Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us to help translate the Bible for the millions who still wait? May the Lord richly bless as we walk and work with Him. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. have to learn how to manage my pulpit space. Different size, different shapes. So, bear with me for a moment. Um, let me leave you, uh, not leave you, but let me encourage you to imagine this. Um, one out of every five people on this earth don't have a full Bible in their, in their language, their mother tongue. That's over a billion and a half people. Another burden on our hearts that we see more than we would like to see of is that among those who have a translation, they are coming to us for help because they are not able readily to use the translation they have. It is in one way or a multitude of ways hard to understand, not just the deep concepts of the Bible, but the language that was used to translate it. So we at Bibles International serve Christians who come to us uh, with either of these type of needs, either they don't have a Bible at all or they're having a hard time with the Bible they do have. Um, you have received some pretty recent updates regarding Myanmar, um, either through the news or through what Brother Tim shared a few months ago. Maybe Pastor occasionally will mention again what's more recent developments. I don't need to go into a lot, but this country is being turned upside down. As you heard from COVID is actually now taking many, many more lives 
in the Civil War that has been ravaging for seven months now. Please do pray for our brothers and sisters there. Um, that they would be the light that they should be, that they would be preserved in life. Um, there's a lot of good ministry opportunity as the Lord gives them an open door. Um, people in this kind of chaos and loss and grief many times are much more open to hear the gospel. I've not yet had the honor to be present when a people group receives for the very first time in history the Bible, God's word, in their own language. I've seen some video clips. I've heard testimonies as well. I've imagined, and I yearn for the day. But God has taught me through the years some of the treasure, matchless, priceless gift of light out of darkness. The entrance of your words, the unfolding, literally, of your words brings light, gives understanding to the simple. This is how the church is born, grows, and multiplies. We rightly have an emphasis in our missions in the present day on the seeing and investing in the indigenous discipling and leadership coming up of these churches that are being planted around the world. So right. So good. That only happens with certain exceptions, that only it happens through the Bible being in their own language. Every once in a while, you'll find a pastor that is so fluent in another translation that for that church... He does well feeding his people. But even then, for the people the rest of the week, yes, we need the word of God in their language. Um, I think I'm preaching to the choir largely at this point, um, especially with Brother Tim having been here just a few months ago. Let me give you a brief update on where we are. Uh, we started in 2019, the end of 2019 being in churches, and the Lord has grown us and has given not as many opportunities to be in churches as we imagined, but the growth in our faith, um, him meeting every need we have, him bringing us to be at a third of our needed financial support, um, all of this is, is from him in a time that's very uncertain for everybody, including missionaries. Um, we're very thankful for how he's taught us. I do have part-time work at this point that I'm hoping to work my way out of very soon um, and do so not as I see numbers work, but as I see the Lord give the clear direction. And that mainly as uh, me being enabled to finish my existing obligations. I work as an electrical contractor, me, myself, and I. I'm thankful I'm not having to watch over a team. Um, very flexible in that. That's a gift from the Lord. I'm very thankful. 
Um, He's going to do this. He's faithful that calls you. He will do it. We're thankful we have that opportunity and assurance. We're praying about our survey trip still taking place to Thailand. A few of you heard this morning as I shared. Um, We're looking forward to this. We had bought tickets last February before things looked like it was really going to spread for COVID. And um, the Lord has, has continued to teach us and grow our faith. We actually still have an airline credit um, left from that. One of them got ex- one of them expired, but the other is still um, good. Pardon me, by the way, I, I know that my gifting is more in the work of translation and that's why you see me more in my notes and uh, well anyway this this part of me <laughs> than you would see pastor Locke I work at preaching and I hope you'll be able to tell that even more but um, we're very thankful for how he has each one of us gifted to be the part in his body for the building up of us all. And so critical to that is his preachers, his teachers. By the way, the word preacher means someone who proclaims. And the verse that you saw from Romans 10, sending forth a preacher for them to hear. You know what? In that sense, those sense of the word, you're a preacher. Because you, God is called to proclaim. How are they going to hear without someone to tell them? That's you. That's not just pastor. Yes, we need those sent out to other nations, but we need those sent out into Hillsdale and Cambria and around. So please pray for us, both for this, of course, a survey trip. This is not for us to see, oh, do we want to go here? This is, we want to look on the people whom we've been praying for, whom we're seeking to minister to. We want to have a deeper sense of urgency. We want to learn. There's a lot for us to learn, a lot. We don't even know what all we need to learn, but we're trying to do what we can now. We want to get to know our coworkers who are already there. We have missionaries there that we know of, and we've gotten to interact with some. We want to be a part of a good local church. Um, my ministry to whole people groups of local churches for myself will need to take precedent in time because this is such a fundamental work for the church moving forward. However, as much as God calls us, of course, we're all about a local church and being plugged in at the right one for us that God knows. So we want to find that particular church. Um, And there are several that we know of that we're learning Please pray for us. There's other matters. Education for the boys. We're planning on homeschooling, language school, visa matters, all of these things. We're learning, but we need to get some good answers. Thank you for your prayers. I wish I had more time to tell you. I will briefly tell you about the Aka. It's a hill tribe in northern Thailand. They actually spread across several countries' borders there between um, China and Myanmar. Uh, as far over as India, Laos, Vietnam, about a million in our target 
group that have a good mutual understanding of this particular dialect of Akka. We have finished the New Testament, and we've begun work in the Old Testament. Looking forward to joining that work. Eventually, I would be taking over that as I get a few more years down the road. Um, It's been a joy to be a part of the work already, though. This people group has turned around from being really the lowest of the low. Uh, And as we have seen the gospel work over the last half century or so, they have a translation, but they came to us about 20 years ago seeking our help because they were having a hard time um, using the translation that had served its first-generation purpose well, but they needed something that was much more... um, linguistically and otherwise worked through with a very thoroughly um, very good. Uh, we're very thankful for how they tell us is uh, the effect of this translation now. Um, please pray for our family as well. Um, deputation is picking up. We're very thankful. That means the stress also picks up. God's grace is sufficient. We've seen it. And we're, uh, we're grateful. Please don't forget to come by our table at the end of the service. We'd love to answer more of your questions. I uh, feel like I don't hardly get to touch on them. I'm sure uh, if you think about it, there's a lot to understand about this. I don't know just what all Tim shared with you a few months ago. And, of course, you, under- you remember everything he shared with you. No, I know. I know. Um, so please do come by, pick up a prayer card, and let that be, uh, even if it's just an occasional reminder to pray for us. We'll take all the prayer and get, and if you pray for us every day, we love you. We will thank the Lord for you forever. Um, thank you so much. We do have also our email prayer letters that go out. Please put your name down there, and uh, we will take that as a, not as a promise that you'll read every word, but... We want you to know what's going on. Take your Bibles with me, please. Turn to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. I want us to see together this morning the Lord using his word in his people. This is a snapshot, if you will, and it's an amazing snapshot in this passage of the Word of God in the work of God. The sword of the Lord, the sword of the Spirit, wins the spiritual cosmic battle between good and evil for the souls and lives of men. We must, through the Word, be trusting the Lord. This is a matter of God's revelation and our faith in him. If we don't trust him, we will miss the blessed victory he has fully provided for. So let's together read verses 12 through 23. Basically here, Paul has... Come before King Agrippa, 
and presents himself as he truly was the um, the most zealous Orthodox Jew you could say who ever lived. But then we're going to see how it came to be that all the other zealous Orthodox Jews sought to kill him. What a paradox. How did that happen? He's going to tell us in this passage. He was even persecuting the infant church. Truly, the chief of sinners, actually, historically. Verse 12, in this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, Oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God for performing deeds and keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me to this day. I have had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying, both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ, that is the anointed one, the chosen of God, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, He would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Observe with me in this passage Luke's references to God's speech, his word. First of all, we see the very words of Jesus to Saul as he appeared there on the roads to Damascus. We'll also see in this passage, as God's words, Paul's reference to the writing of the prophets. 
And so, we can observe here in this passage how the Spirit uses His Word in the lives of His people, in our hearts. So I've got several points that I'm going to have to work through some more quickly than others. Um, How does God's Spirit use His Word in our hearts? First of all, I would summarize with a question. The first way we see in this passage, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? Look with me, if you would, in verses 14 and 15 again. When we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? Saul well knew the scriptures, probably better than anyone in this room. And so he recognized very well the divine character of the person appearing to him there on the road. But Saul thought the Lord was with him on his mission. He liked to think God was with him. He was fully habituated and had Every scriptural reasoning in his mind, why it was so. But there the Lord Jesus was. Who is this? Who are you, Lord? Well, we know. He's the one who came from heaven to save from sin. The sin of pride. Whether it's national, racial, personal discrimination. Not merely to set Israel free from their oppressors. Jesus came to save his people. From all their sins. Ah. Saul. You've been going your own way. The whole time. Using the Bible. Not listening to the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. Spirit testifying to you of sin, of righteousness, of God's right wrath. Your whole life's a train headed to the end of the tracks to where you deserve. And I love you. And I don't want you to keep going that way. The one who appeared to Saul is the one who came in humility as the servant. 
And at the same time as the chosen one of God Almighty, the one who forever was the perfect delight of the Father and the Spirit. Israel thought they were choice of themselves. But Paul, once he was enlightened, would by the Spirit vehemently argue in Galatians and elsewhere that it is those who receive the faith of Abraham in the one who would come who are those chosen to receive the promises. So God says that he loves the world. And what's his perfect purpose? What's his choice? So that whoever trusts in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God, the Spirit, uses the book he has written. And it testifies of Jesus. His character shines forth with unparalleled brilliance to us. Page after page, we may not see his name, but his hand is there. You can be in the genealogies. And no, those names aren't you and they don't sound like your name, but they're people just like you. And God was at work in their hearts and their lives. And he brought forth the Messiah. And he let go into oblivion as well, not just oblivion, but as far as their names, memories in the earth, other than in the scriptures. Even the line of Esau, he wanted us to know. And the line of Cain. How much do you know about those people? That's the way it should be. They were in rebellion to God. They used every last breath that he gave them to say no. We wish, we pray, we work as God infinitely and perfectly does that every last one of those souls would repent. But if they don't, God is still right. He's not going to let any sin go unpunished. And so we also see here God's conviction of sin. Again, verses 14 and 15. You're persecuting me. Why? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. My spirit's been striving with you. You've been ignoring your whole life. But now now I will let you see the perfect goodness which you have not been submitting to and trusting in. And so you can perceive the sinfulness of your sin. Begin to perceive The word not only testifies of the Lord, convicts of sin. The spirit by the word saves the soul. Paul says, who are you, Lord? 
I can tell you on the authority of Scripture, no one calls Jesus Lord with a heart that is actually trusting and submissive. Not just saying the word Lord, but acknowledging the truth of it, except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.3, you can look it up, as well as other places that would further support the truth beyond stating it. Romans 10, we could read together, I can't for lack of time. It's no wonder that Paul proclaims in the first chapter of Romans, for I am not ashamed of the, of the gospel. It's God's power to save It's for everyone who believes. Not only do we have the word of God. As we receive the work of the spirit in our hearts by this word. For the salvation of our souls. But we receive instruction and purpose for life. Life with God now and forever. Look at verse 18, I'm sorry, verse 16. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I've appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. I have to keep moving. We have assurance of deliverance as well from the word of God. This is not assurance of salvation deliverance, but look at verse 17. What is he saying? Jesus tells Paul, Saul, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. This past week I got word. Dear brother Tom Farrell, evangelist so many years, is with his Savior. I think it's about nine days ago now. Battled brain cancer. I remember so clearly the first time I heard him preach. As I serve God, I'm invincible. He didn't say it proudly. And what he meant, and he went on to say, until God's through with me. Nobody's going to take me away. I am going to declare the gospel. It may be with chains. It may be through brain cancer. But I'm going to serve the Lord. My boys were at the wilds this past summer. Some of their CIT had heard from Brother Tom about a month before the Lord took him to glory. I want to be like that. We have the assurance of his deliverance. We have the assurance of God's providence. This is kind of one that, again, can go over most of them or all of them. Verses 22 and 23. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God. He's saying this right after he talks about how the Jews seized him and tried to kill him in the temple. And so I stand here testifying both to small and great. Think about what all Paul had been through to this point in his ministry, in his life already. 
And so I stand here still proclaiming. Saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass. That the Christ must suffer. And that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. God's purpose he is carrying forth with his word. Colossians 1 tells us that it's by the word of Jesus all things consist are held together. But we know from scripture also, God doesn't just hold us in existence. He is carrying by his word all things forward according to his purpose. To the end, he declared from the beginning. Does God care about you? Are you breathing? Are you alive? Did he make you in his own image? Were your sins on his son's soul and body on the tree? Yes. So does God care that you are trusting and submitting to him today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he want his people to have his word by which we may grow in our faith, have faith to begin with and grow in our faith? Yes. This is the life of love and devotion, prayer and meditation, wisdom and understanding, victory and joy, righteousness and peace that God has ordained that we would live with him. The love will compel us. This wisdom will direct our efforts in evangelism and discipleship. Equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, including all around the world. It's all by his Holy Spirit through his Holy Word. What's the next step he is laying on your heart in your walk with him? I ask that with perfect confidence that as his child, as I speak to you and you're his child, he is leading you. He tells us, Romans 8, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That is not an assertion that we are following his leading. In fact, we find in all of Scripture, God is speaking to us so that we would follow him. But he is leading. Let's pay attention. When we don't pay attention, we have things where he in his great mercy kind of does like this. You know, when you're, you're a toddler, if you, if you remember toddlers, and they're doing their thing, and they love it, and you're talking to them, and they don't want to listen to you. That's what it gets down to, right? They don't want to listen to you. They heard you, but maybe they just didn't give the importance to your words that they should. And God can do this. Ah, that was even a good effect with the microphone, wasn't it? <laughs> That's what he does. 
in His loving, perfect way that seems sometimes real hard. And then He refines us too when we are listening. And He knows He has so much better for us in serving Him and walking with Him. He brings hard things for that purpose too. Let's receive from Him. To the praise of His glorious grace. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we rejoice that you, the King, love us. We rejoice that in your abundant mercy you have given us new birth through the word. It's incorruptible. It abides forever. Our flesh flesh will go back to the dust. And we look forward to the glorious, great appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. The God of our fathers. We thank you for those who were believers at the beginning of our nation. We thank you for your mercy. We do pray for revival in our land of those who are yours and an awakening of those who have continued to cast their back behind and follow the liar, the murderer. But we pray for those multiplied billions who are around the world and need you. For your glory, you deserve the worship from all of our lives. So we pray that you would bless in the days ahead. Through us. That each of us would do our part. More and more. And we thank you. In Jesus name. Amen.